Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddles After the Dust Settles on Indiana's 21-14 loss. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. Alex is at the game at Lucas Oil Stadium in uh, in the stands. I was way up in the rafters uh, with Don Fisher and Rhett Lewis doing stats for them. I'm sure he had a much better, better view or a closer view uh, than I had uh, way up at the, the press box at Lucas Oil Stadium. I don't think they could have built it higher, but a disappointing 21-14 loss for Indiana. They get shut out in the first half, 21-0. Shut out Louisville in the second half, 14-0. While there's a lot of things that could point to, oh, same old Indiana, you know, it stopped at the goal line and things like that, there's also plenty to be excited about. Uh, You had Taven Jackson broke out in the second half. looked like the offense found its identity in the second half as well. The defense, if you told me last week that they would hold Louisville to 21 points, I would say that they would win. And that's a theme all season, uh, it looks like so far. If you told me, hey, you'd hold Ohio State to 23 points as well, you're probably in that game till the end. Uh, but I, I thought the defense played outside of two or three plays in the first half, played well. Yeah. Um, Aaron Casey had the play of the game, tackling a, two guys on a double reverse. Kind of got lucky that that wasn't a fumble. Uh, Louisville did, but Alex, what was your take? Take us through the whole weekend first. It, it was a neutral site game at Lucas Oil Stadium. To me, the game—I didn't go to any of the pregame festivities or anything like that—but the game had a bowl game type feel. Both mm-hmm. end zones are painted for each team. You had the intro videos for each team. Um, you, you had video pump up videos for each team. Just you know, what was the atmosphere a, a, around as a fan? Yeah, I would say I, I did have a better view because no one in front of me stood up to cheer the whole game. So was one section over from the players' families and stuff, and I felt like I was the one that had to get everybody into the, into the game. But, yeah, it was about 20 rows up. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. That was my first time there for a, for a game, so that was really nice. Loved, loved the stadium. Thought it was a really great place to watch a game. Got in on Friday, got dinner met up with some people and then got ready. I went to the official tailgate on Saturday morning at the bullseye event center, you know, kitty corner from the arena or stadium, um, which was great. It was 40 bucks, breakfast included, beer and wine included. Band came through cheerleaders, red steppers, a lot of fun. They have these cool video boards and they had some posters and buttons and all that stuff. So that was great. Super glad we did that. I thought that atmosphere was was great and a good way to start the day. Walked over to the uh, stadium and then obviously watched the game. But Friday night, you could you could tell on Friday, I thought there were more Louisville people there. So I was a little bit worried about the turnout. I, I thought it ended up being probably 60-40 Louisville, so not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, but more people I saw wearing Cardinal stuff on Friday night, which makes sense. I figured we'd have more of a drive-up crowd or or drive in crowd for the game, you know, with most of our people being local, but yeah, it was good. I think it took us a little while 
fan wise to get into the game as it looked like the team as well. But a lot of fun. I wish that was week one instead of week three, but I think it's fine. I don't want it to be something we do a lot and I'm glad we got out of the rest of the series, but fun once in a while, some good moments. I'm sure a good memory for most of the guys when, when they look back on it, but yeah, overall a fun weekend besides the, the first half, the first quarter, really. Yeah, you know, the, the first quarter, Indiana's offense is moving the ball. They get inside the opponent's 40 or across the 50, and it just, you know, stalled and fell apart. Um, you know, you don't really – Indiana hasn't gone to the red zone all that much this year. I think it's it's eight times and they're seven for eight in scoring. You really don't know what your field goal range is uh, for Chris Freeman or uh, – Nico Radicic because they haven't been able to attempt a 45 yard field goal or, a, you know, a 50 yard field goal um, in, in some spots that, that may be something to watch for against Akron uh, is, Hey, can you run those guys out for field goal? But to, to me, they, they got Jalen Lucas the ball early um, and then they stopped. They, they, they didn't get conservative on offense, but they failed to spread the, the defense out, which they did in the second half. And all of a sudden you're, you're gashing the Cardinals for big plays. Um, Cam Camper made great, uh, great play downfield. Um, you know, Jalen Lucas is, is wide open on the touchdown against a, a linebacker for 30 yards. And you, you do a funky formation where like three or four linemen come out, um, you know, and I wrote a, a, a note to Rhett Lewis during that. I said, that's not the, the craziest formation we've seen in that building. Um, if Colts fans remember or don't want to remember the the fake punt where it's just the center and the quarterback, but that play worked great. They got 12 yards, you got Jalen Lucas in space. Um, so all this, you know, I know people are not fans of Walt Bell and, and I get it and I understand it, but you can't kill Walt Bell for that second half. He, he got creative. Um, you know, if you're saying he's predictable and you could predict that play, please, please send me your lottery numbers yeah. um, and, and things like that. But, you know, it came down to that fourth down play. I thought we had a Michael Penix 2.0, you know, the reach, uh, the reach there. But, you know, he was just down right before the ball hit the pylon and they didn't have a good angle down the goal line, which maybe if this game was on Fox or NBC or CBS, they have the pylon cam, but it was on big 10 alternate channel, like nine. Um, so, you know, that, you know, they have a, a, a GoPro at, at an angle somewhere. Um, looked like the right call. I didn't agree with the timeout before it. I thought, you know, you, you, you had the review, which is a natural right. timeout. Um, now you don't know, you can figure the ball should have been down at the half yard line. At worst, you have the ball at the two. You need to go into that saying, Hey, we have two plays, uh, and things like that. Yeah. They probably should have run a quarterback, you know, a quarterback sneak or to, to all these people on, on Twitter who didn't watch the play said, Hey, did they run a draw? Guess what? A draw probably works there too. Um, but it, it was a slow developing play where it allowed the edge to get in and stop Josh Henderson's second effort. And, and that, and that was the game. Once Jack Plummer rolled out and got that, that first down, it was, you know, Indiana had a, a snowball's chance in hell there, but 
yeah. that, up, that uphill down climb play. after that uphill climb on that drive anyway, but you can't give up a first down on third down when they're running the ball and you know, they're going to run the ball. So that, that ticked me off at the end of the game. You would have got the yep. ball back with 30 seconds, no timeouts, but you can't, you know, they're running the ball. If you get beat deep for a touchdown, that's fine. Good for them, but you can't give up a first down on a run play. And that's what happens. So that was, that was frustrating. But yeah. I mean that, that fourth down play, let's just get out of the way. I'm glad they didn't get overly cute. I don't really understand the the pulling and kind of the trap play, but at the same time, that's that's what they ran to score the touchdown, the second touchdown with Henderson. I think it was the same play, just flip sides. So I don't hate yeah. the call. I'm sure everyone mad at the call has been clamoring for 15 years for us to run a goal line play under center and do exactly what we just did, but yeah, I mean, tough that it came down to that, but we had chances the rest of the game to make that not the case. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, didn't happen, but a lot to like in the second half. Like you said, Sammy, I think Jackson ended up with 299, so we'll round up to 300. So it was good to see. And you did mention the thing I liked best about the second half on both sides of the ball was that gary it was his uh it was his birthday so happy birthday uh coach Guerrero, and then bell they both rode the momentum and they rode the hot hands in the second half which i liked and it was good and you could tell on offense when he got a sense of what was working coming out of that second half that they kept riding it and kept going to it which i thought was good so jackson settled down a lot more in the second half he missed some gimme throws that you just have to have in the first half Maybe the score is different if he does some of that, but a lot to like. It it sucks. It ended how it did, but again, I think now you look at the rest of the schedule, and we talked about this being one of the toss-up games like we did before the season, but Indiana is going to be in probably every game for the rest of the season. So obviously at, or Michigan and, and Penn State are tough, but I think if you play defense and move the ball like you did and control the ball like you did – yesterday you have a chance to be in every game the rest of the way yeah in indiana i think has played michigan the closest of, of the big to even closer than ohio state um you know the last handful of years but you know to me momentum change coming out of halftime with the onside kick that that is a kevin wilson gambler move you know tom you didn't think that tom allen had it in him but he it seemed like he made the decision late in the second quarter um going hey we need some juice let's let's uh let's onside kick it they executed it to perfection they went down in three plays scored a touchdown they got the stop now i know people are killing tom allen for his game management but there was a third and nine or third and 14 early in the second half where he wanted to take a time. He took a timeout and it, because he got the stop, it's a good timeout. You needed that stop there. If they went down and scored, that game is over and it doesn't matter. Can't take those timeouts with you. The timeout that I didn't like is the timeout after the review yeah. on that fourth and goal stop one you already had a natural timeout in in the review. Two, you're giving Louisville another two minutes. To, that defense is gassed. You, you're giving them another few minutes to to recover, um, especially along the defensive line. And then the the, the timeouts in the first half. It, first half timeouts are almost meaningless. Um, but that was 
inexperience on Taven Jackson's, yeah, you know, part. Times getting, he, just, he didn't know what was going on. He, yeah, he get, getting the audible in late or changing the play at, at the line of scrimmage. I think, you know, he's a little hyped up for his first start as, as QB1. Um, you saw it in his high throws. He threw a couple high to McCauley. One ended up in an interception. Uh, and, and, you know, you hope that – I think we had one commenter on the site that said if – if that game was the price to pay for Trace or for uh, Taven Jackson to find his sea legs and become a good quarterback, fine, you take yeah. it. Yeah, um, and, and you go the rest of the way. Uh, anything else stand out for you for you on on Saturday, Alex? Yeah, I think Jackson was really good. We had a couple people tweet at us, which again we always appreciate, and we're always going to respond. So if you see stuff during the game, after the game observations that you tweet at us will always always respond but forget who it was but a couple people commented on Jackson's ability to maneuver in the pocket which I think is very underrated and something especially in college you don't think about all the time but there were pockets there for him to step up into or move around in which obviously is the first part and you need a decent O-line to do that and they played well but Jackson was able to step up into some pockets, move around in some pockets and make some throws. And you could tell while he was doing that, he was still looking downfield. We haven't had that in a while. Dex no. would Dexter, you know, would look to run or look a little panicked because he's inexperienced as well. Basilak would just fold. So that was nice to see. He had a guy kind of keep his head, keep his cool, move around and, and make some plays. And we need a guy back there that just can can just make some plays. So it was really good to see. Offensive line I thought was really good again. I would have liked to see a little bit more creativity in the run game, but I think in the second half they found what was working again, which I liked, and they just they just wrote it. Uh, Henderson, I think, had that one longer catch in the middle. I would have liked to see him get a little more involved. I think he had a screen pass as well. He had a couple catches, I think, but would have liked to see Henderson get a little more involved in the passing game, which I think is something we could tap into a little bit more. Grab the archer with a nice grab, although I think Jackson missed the read on that one, which was Cooper on the boundary for a touchdown. But O-line was good again. I thought Jackson really settled down. I think the one thing he really needs to work on, and it's been a problem in all three games now, he has been bad at deciding when to pull the RPO or when to run it or when to give it. He's been really bad in the run game, deciding if he needs to hand the ball off or keep it on those read option plays was a problem again. He's just not a good runner side to side at all. He's not quick. He's pretty good in straight line because he's just bigger. So some of those draws and they ran a QB power one play, but that's been a problem and a concern. And if you're going to run kind of the shotgun RPO triple option stuff and Jackson really is hurting you when he's keeping the ball and he can't make the right read makes that less effective. And I think you're going to see that fade out as the season goes on here. I think you're gonna have to go away from it a little bit, but I think three or four times again yesterday, essentially were sacks because I thought the action was there for the running back to take the ball. He keeps it and he just can't get to the edge and he loses yardage. So that's something they got to clean up because especially on first down, we just, we can't have negative plays in the run game like that. Yeah. You know, there, there were a lot of drives where, it was first and second down set up a bad third down, um, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, there weren't that many drives in the second half, but 
it's those drives where you get an incomplete pass on a short pass or, you know, a, a quarterback run for, for no gain. Um, I, I thought Taven in the first half needed to be more decisive. There were a couple times where he thought maybe he, maybe the things opened up in the middle of the field and, and he could have ran it for first down, especially late in the second quarter um, when he ran out of bounds and really would have liked to see him go for that first down. Um, you got to make a call timeout. That, that one got me fired yeah. up too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, got to make Louisville call timeout there and, and maybe instead of a fourth and three, it's a fourth and one and you get aggressive there and, and who knows if it's 21, three or 21, seven and a half, it, it might be a different story, but overall it, it's, yeah, it's the same old – my mom described it perfectly. She was at the game, too. She said the first half was extremely boring and terrible. And then it got really exciting. And then we fell off a cliff. And if you can't sum up Indiana football better than that, you know, boring, super fun, fell off a cliff. That, that's, you know, if you're going to put it on the back of a movie, that that's what it is. Um, but, it, you know – it's a game I'm happy they're not playing it anymore. Um, you know, it could be cool to play at Lucas Oil, you know, once every four or five years um, and just build that neutral site experience. But it's a game that you hope Indiana can build off of and get get guys back healthy. You got to get Matt Bedford back. I know he ended up playing um, – you, you got to get Nick Toomer. I think if Nick Toomer plays, it, it's a different story um, and things like that. So, you know, get healthy. And now, you know, we, we said Louisville was the most important game of the season. It's now Maryland's a must-win game. Um, you you got to go. You have six toss-up games left. You got to go four and two. Maryland's kind of a, a, a must-win before you – go to Michigan uh, or have a bye and then go to Michigan and, and go to homecoming. Cause you could morale could get pretty low. If, if you come out of the bye, you know, go into the bye with the loss at Maryland and, and come out of a bye and, and get spanked by, by Michigan uh, before homecoming. But uh, this game was important for a lot of reasons. You had a lot of alumni come down that this might be their only game that they go to uh, and, and things like this. So that that's why this game was important too. Plus, it would set you up to go three and one uh, into the Maryland game and with some momentum and with some excitement. So it, it's disappointing, but it, it's not the end of the season. Yeah, not a lot left to play for, a lot to like. I think you're, you're going to be in every game now. I think that Louisville offense is probably going to be one of the better ones you're going to see the rest of the year, which was good. Um, we're a quarter of the way through the regular season, I think. Defense is, has just been very solid, which is nice to see kind of back to the old form. Offense, I think, has been improved. This is a much better team than it was last year. Got to win now is, is the problem. But I think offense, one of my favorite stats so far is we're 25th in the country, completing third downs at 54.8%. So I think that shows a good sign of better game management and a better plan. Um, defense, we're – Top 40 in a lot of categories, uh, 34th in total yards, 29th in passing yards. So a lot of good stuff. I think now it's got to translate. You got to keep building. And I think we're rotating a lot of guys, which is good. And it's going to help later in the season. But 
yeah, you got to build and you got to win six. So there's games on the schedule that you can win. Purdue lost to home again to, to a, a school that's, you know, not notoriously great in Syracuse. Illinois looked pretty bad again. I mean, Purdue shape. looked clueless. Yeah. Like clueless. Garrett Schrader faked the handoff, stood in the backfield for like 10 seconds with the ball, and nobody was within 10 yards of him. Yeah. It, it was um, – Purdue might be in trouble. You know, they have a short week against Wisconsin this week. It, it, new coaching staff, we'll see if they check out. Yeah. You know, Michigan State is a tire fire. Michael Penix continued his awesome play against the Spartans, going back to his IU days. Yeah. He loves that stadium. Uh, he, he loves that stadium, uh, and he probably should be 3-0 and in that stadium uh, as well. But, uh, you know, you look, Rutgers is, you know, are they – you don't know what they are yet. They haven't really played anybody. Uh, Virginia, You know, Virginia Tech's terrible. Maryland is a mystery. You know, they 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 were down fourteen nothing against Virginia uh, last week. They probably should have lost to Charlotte. Uh, they didn't look great against who is it Mercer or Murray State in the opener. Um, you know, an FCS team. They didn't run away with it. Their run game is not as good as it was last year. Um, yeah. From at least statistically, MB's now, good, but yeah, overall not. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not – this is not the Maryland team that's running for 230 yards, uh, you, know, you know, from last year. But they still have some playmakers. Their defense turned the game against uh, Virginia on, on Friday night as well. But th- there's gettable games. There are – Wisconsin struggled against Georgia Southern. They lost to Washington State out there. You know, th- there are some gettable games on this schedule. Yeah, you got to – if you play like you did yesterday in the second half, I think you're winning six games, I think. The question now is – and it's been the question the last few years, can you consistently play four quarters, which has been kind of the challenge for Tom Allen and his tenure so far. There's a lot of bright spots, obviously a lot of low spots, but can you consistently play good football? And that's been kind of the problem. So, again, I – I liked it again. I really wish the game ended differently. Would have been a ton of fun. But besides that fourth and one play, there were other chances in the game to to make a play or score another touchdown. So, yeah, another fourth and short where, you know, I hate to blame referee. I thought the officiating was terrible. It was really uh, you know, on both on, on both sides, um, they let a lot of things go. Uh, but you know, the the fourth and short, they run two in breaking slants. Both guys get tackled. You know, if they don't tackle Cam Camper, that's that's at least a minimum a first down. Instead, they turn it over on downs. You have Andre Carter got held all game. I think they called it once um, and, and things like that. Now, IU was probably guilty of some pass interferences as well that they didn't call and, and things like that. But it, it's just – it's a game where you, you just hope this isn't the game you look back at it's sitting at four and eight or five and seven going – man, if we just won that one, um, you know, that that's kind of what last year was, man. If we, if we just beat Rutgers, if we just beat Nebraska or, you know, whatever one loss game, you know, one score games, uh, you know, we're in there as well, uh, you know, just beat Maryland. It's, that's been the story. And I think that's where people get so dejected watching this team is, you know, it's it's very similar to years past. You just hope that this isn't the one 
that you just kick yourself. Um, you know, Minnesota in 2013, the list goes on and on. Uh, You could do it forever. Um, But you just hope that they could come out. Now, Akron is a game that they should win um, and win pretty handily and get their spirits back up going into Maryland. But it's a game where you hope to see the offense play like they did in the second half for four quarters. You're not going to be rotating quarterbacks. Sure, if it's a blowout, Maybe you see Brandon Soresby come in in the fourth quarter and run the offense just in case, because who knows, you might have an injury and you need to run the offense, um, but you want to play a full four quarters. Uh, but a positive, Alex, there were no special teams penalties. Yeah. There was no running into the kicker, no blocks in the back. Now, they didn't have a ton of chances to return, uh, return anything, but they also didn't mess up. Didn't kick it out of bounds. No, they didn't kick it out of bounds either. So we went three for three in the the uh, special teams penalty trifecta, uh, trifecta there. But it, it's it, it's a game where it's a uh, you know you're tempted to say same old Indiana, but we'll we'll see we'll see the, how the season plays out and, and how it goes. I I think it was a good experience. I think it was a good fan experience from what you were saying. Uh, like your the bowl experiences down in in Florida in 2019 and 2020, so it, it's we'll see can can Indiana capitalize on just a little bit of momentum, even though it's not a moral victory, there is some momentum you could take into Akron and eventually into Maryland. Yeah, gonna have to. I think that's the only choice now. But I thought Taven showed why they liked him and why he was so highly recruited. So I thought that was good. He had a little bit of swagger, a little bit of moxie, and you could tell the team kind of followed his lead in the second half there, which was good. Just need guys to make plays. That's really going to be the the story of the season now. So we were one or two plays short, and it took us a little too long to get going. Maybe if you get that busted coverage back, it's a different game, but – yeah, or find James like, Bomba wide open down the field on a on an yeah, offsides awesome. call. Yeah, um, yeah, you know that game is. It, it, I think it would have been seven nothing IU. Um, you, you know, or at least seven seven, and it's it's totally different. You got to get. I know you had trouble with fans cheering. You also got to give them something to cheer about. Um, they're as well, yeah. Well, third <laughs> third down. down on deep, third down on defense, but you also got to give them some. You know, a third down conversion. Uh, you know, some points in the first half, um, you know, it, it goes both ways. They're, they're, you could will a defense to a stop, and, you know, you could also reward your fans' patience or lack thereof of patience. Um, you know, reward them by making a play, too. And I think that's what they started to do in the second half. We'll see what they do against Akron on Saturday night. It's a 7.30 kick on uh, Big Ten Network. And, uh, you know, we'll see going on. You get Maryland from there. You get you have to go to Michigan and then you get Rutgers. If you could go three and one in this stretch, you're you're sitting pretty. Yeah, we'll see. Got to got to have it. But again, I think if you play like you did in the most recent 30 minutes of Indiana football, I think you find yourself hopefully playing somewhere warm in December or January because that was that was impressive and a lot to like. but just a few plays short. And I think we have the guys to make the plays, but now you got to make them. 
Does Detroit count as warm since it's in the dome? I'll take it. We could play in outside in Fargo, North Dakota in February for all I care. Give me, give me 13. Yeah. All right, Alex. Thanks for joining us for After the Dust Settles. Uh, TJ and I will be back tomorrow to preview the Akron game, get TJ's thoughts on Louisville as well. Uh, again, Indiana's next game Saturday in Bloomington, 7.30 kickoffs, so plenty of time to tailgate, plenty of time to uh, maybe enjoy the weather. We'll, we'll see. Uh, fall has come pretty quickly here in the Midwest, but enjoy the weather, do your act, outdoor activities, uh, and, and get to Memorial Stadium for, you know, the MAC has upset a few Power 5 teams, um, hopefully not on Saturday uh, in, in Bloomington at 7.30. If you can't make it, it'll be on B- BTN. And you can always listen to, to Don Fisher and Rhett Lewis on the IE Radio Network. Uh, follow us at HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, and same handle on Instagram at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Alex, thanks for taking the time tonight. Uh, fans, thank you for, for listening as well.